Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast for the Manchester News. I'm Rich Fay and I'm delighted to be joined after my hiatus for a couple of weeks by Samuel Luckhurst. Happy New Year. And Charlotte Dunker. Hello. No Happy New Year from you, Charlotte? Or? It's not New Year yet, it's New Year's Eve. But the podcast listeners could end. be listening. Could I'll be, save it okay. to the end. Sorry. That's a treat. That'll keep <laughs> you listening to the end, won't it? See, see how that goes. <laughs> but yeah, since I last saw you, Samuel, there's been a change of a change of manager, a change of atmosphere, a change of approach. Smiles back on faces at Old Trafford. Yes. And another yes. win, three in a row now for oh, Solskjaer. Yeah, they're, they're expressing themselves. It's in the walls. It's free-flying football uh, he, he has done an exceptional job within the, the two weeks he's he's been in uh, I think that it's, it's gone better than anyone could have imagined there's, there's this uh, predictably there's the argument now they've not not played anyone but the run of results they've had have, have been spectacular the the cachet of ending that five goal domestic hex uh, that dates back to Ferguson's last game the fact that they just seem to have got games won in, in the tunnel now as well um, with with Pogba yes I think that you know Solskjaer has obviously coaxed an awful lot more out of him but there is a massive caveat there in that this is a player who down tools for certainly uh, the, the first half of the month and you know okay United are playing more free-flowing football now I think the biggest problem one of the biggest problems certainly under Mourinho was that the roles were too fixed for the players they're freer now but when you look at Pogba you think how many times did he play on the left of a midfield three and you know he played well he had better games under Mourinho than he has under Solskjaer but he does look utterly utterly unrecognisable from the player in the last last days under Mourinho so uh, as long as things are going well there are going to be very very few grumblings and the fact that United are still vulnerable at set pieces it's it's not a moot point as such but it's just that you know the, the emphasis now is on what they can do to the opposition rather than what the opposition can do mm. to them which again was another weakness I thought with Mourinho uh, the, the times when he was re- reverting to a back three against teams that were in the bottom half of the table it was quite you know it was, it was a little bit demeaning uh, at times and the, the football is an awful lot more fun uh, the, the dissenters the the threat of any dissent from Mourinho sacking that was ended after about three minutes at Cardiff and there, there is a bit of a test at Newcastle but irrespective of what the final score is there I don't think it's as big a test as some people have made it out to be because this is a game that United really ought to be winning comfortably and that we're talking about United like that now uh, speaks volumes for Solskjaer's impact Yeah it's easy to say isn't it Charlotte in hindsight that the three games were easy because they're three games you're dreading under Mourinho you could easily have seen them losing away at Cardiff and dropping points at yeah, home to Huddersfield Everyone's and stuff. saying they would, they would have been bankers and that Mourinho would have won them anyway which is I think people are missing the main point really because to listen to fans after the game it's the way that United have won those yeah. games it's not just do about they not, do they not enjoy the Fulham game? Um, yeah <laughs> pro- pro- probably but I th- but you no, know, no, it's, you it's, know it's, as it's much as anyone that ev- ev- fourth, everything's yeah. changed now it's not just the fact that They've they won games under Mourinho, but it's the way they won them, and it's the mood amongst the fans. Because even one win, which was an exciting win for Mourinho, you just knew that round the corner would be another yeah. dreadful defensive dis- defensive yeah. display coming. And now Solskjaer's come, and everyone thinks he's like the new messiah. He's yeah. come to save everyone. Get and the statue ready. Yeah, and he's brought back this exciting attacking football, and the fans are excited to go back to Old Trafford now, which I don't think they've been for a while. So it's not just I think. 
Piers Morgan was tweeted that and he got a load yeah. of abuse from United fans but he just loves to bait people doesn't he but yeah. yeah he said Mourinho would have won all three of those games let's not get too carried away and the Spurs game is going to be the biggest test of Solskjaer's caretaker manager career but we'll see what happens then but at the minute I don't think there's anything to complain about and saying Mourinho would have won them I don't think that's too fair on what he's done yeah, I think there was a comparison I saw before on Twitter that it was the, the same, not not the same teams, but the same teams in that position last year. They only took three points from those nine games at home to away to the twentieth team at home to yeah. That, that's that, that's well. been a problem for upwards of a year. They've they've not they've, they've lost some ga- uh, some very key games against the the rele- relegation yeah. fodder, if you like, or certainly the the bottom half sides. Uh, whereas under Mourinho, certainly this calendar year, I think they they beat the other top six teams and they beat Juventus. So there were some price scalps there, but uh, two defeats the, to Brighton. Yeah, the the bright the Brighton games were just horrific. Like both last season and this season, the West Ham defeat in September was was farcical as well. The the first twenty thirty minutes at Southampton was was a shambles. On top of that. So I don't think you can deprive Solskjaer of any credit there. And look, I don't, I don't think for one moment United would have scored twelve goals in three games under Mourinho. I think in his last seven games, uh, seven yeah. league games, they scored twelve goals. So there has been a massive shift. It, it is just a little bit perplexing with Mourinho that I think even United fans could. If you were to have asked United fan what their ideal one to eleven would have been, I think it would have been something similar to what Solskjaer played against Bournemouth or Cardiff. And for Mourinho not to have like he is one of the best managers of the century, for him to not be lucid to that was always a little bit yeah. peculiar. And the, the constant you know shape shifting with the formation. But it felt like he was three. proving a point, didn't it? A we lot used of to the say time, game, rather, yeah, yeah, the uh, rather than wanted. rather than picking a team that he necessarily thought was going to go out and be the best team he'd be like well this person's annoyed me or this person was bad so I'm going to drop them and he didn't stick with players did he he was just no. chopped and changed all the time and and it, I mean it, you know a high level United employee said on pre-season Jose's not helped himself and that was true yeah. going into his last game during his last game when he put Flaney on over Pogba at half time at Anfield I think I think if United given that they were lucky to go in at one all uh, at half time if he brings Pogba on that's a big that's a big psychological mm. fillip I think for the team and for them to you know I think they went to a 4-3-3 but just putting Fellaini on just seemed a bit defeatist so there, there were some very very simple basic instructions he could have given the players to improve them he didn't Solskjaer's come in and it, not, obviously none of us were present for Sir Alex Ferguson team talk but there have been the odd ones filmed and I think Solskjaer's been quite transparent with what he said to the players and it does have that simplicity and just that basic go out, set, go out there enjoy yourselves provide with move around get the, you know entertain the supporters um that has informed his management and it's worked very, very successfully so far. I'd say the only caveat you could add really with Solskjaer's management is that he's operating at a lower level in that United are a sixth place team. I think although the pressure is on in a way, it's also off in that not many people realistically expect them to get into the top yeah. four, even though it's still attainable. So if he does well and he doesn't get in the top four, I think his reputation is still enhanced. If they get in the top four, then he's going to have to be considered as the next permanent manager. Although I'd still say United risk you know, falling into that arsenal apathy of thinking that, that top four will do. But it's encouraging that Solskjaer actually 
speaks like United manager yeah. and after the hubris of Mourinho uh, his humility is certainly, an, certainly yeah. an antidote for the club yeah, I'm worried it's a bit like Tim Sherwood at Spurs at the moment it's going a bit too well there'll be that, sweets that, to strikers yeah, that, that, that was the, the, the comparison I drew at the time it's like a deluxe Tim Sherwood yeah. mid-season appointment and, and Sherwood had I think he did he did win at really United well. albeit yeah. at, at David Moyes' United but they also took some real thumpings from City and, and Chelsea and they went out in the FA Cup to Arsenal so uh, he, he had a very chequered record despite <laughs> the whole win ratio nonsense that he kept on bringing up yeah Charlotte watching Paul Pogba yesterday against Bournemouth he's now had his best ever calendar month as a player I guess two weeks that will be under Mourinho anyway but since uh, since Solskjaer's come in he's really transformed himself as a player do you think that reflects badly on him when he was under Mourinho or do you think it reflects worse on the, the previous manager it clearly reflects badly on Mourinho because of the the something went drastically wrong between them didn't they but part of the blame has got to be laid at Pogba's door because you don't suddenly just overnight wake up and decide oh guess what I'm going to put in a world class performance day he had it within him to do it before and for whatever reason he decided not to do it part of that is Mourinho's fault I believe because of the system that he was playing and Pogba clearly didn't agree with it but you play what, for your what man. system? You play, I, I feel like he was played in a more Mourinho expected more defensively in the way the, they wanted to build the attack from further back whereas I think Sol, the way Solskjaer set them up playing with the full backs and pushing forward I think Pogba's freer in the role that Solskjaer's playing him in now which is a role that he clearly likes to play in I can I have sympathy with certain players in that system like with Matic I think is I think if anything the bigger barometer of how United mm, have improved really is yeah, Matic he really because improved, yeah. he's he uh, a Mourinho uh, lieutenant yeah. and you know they called him Filio like as if he was his surrogate son mm-hmm. and there was a point at Anfield where he got the ball I think his, his back was to Liverpool's goal he's inside his own half but if he turned past it forward United would be breaking away he didn't he gave it back immediately yeah. Yeah. and Lingard was really really frustrated because he knew there was a chance to go on the counter-attack there now Matic his brain balls forward and so I think with him you can say there's definitely a shift there that mm-hmm. he's that he's actually improved under Solskjaer's watch which is remarkable given you know Mourinho signed him twice yeah. but with Pogba I just have so such little sympathy for him because he was indulged to high heaven. He was called a monster after the first game of the season. So what does he do? He goes into the mix zone and undermines the manager. He cocks up against Wolves in a draw. What does he do? Goes in the mix zone, undermines mm. the manager. This is a player whose agent offered uh, him to Manchester City earlier in the year. And it just seems to have been airbrushed from history by a lot of United supporters. His ability has never been in doubt. His, his attitude and his application mm. certainly was. And let's face it, I know it's... It's funny, I mean, remarkable he's had his best calendar, his best month. Best month ever as a top flat player. This is the month where, you know, you had the Southampton performance yeah. where he was a walking disaster. And that's in terms of goals and assists yeah. combined. Uh, as you say, you know, you had the, the Southampton performance was a walking disaster yeah. from him and he missed an open goal against Valencia. And yeah, Mourinho cannot... Mourinho is not to blame for, for those aspects. Mourinho was to blame for an awful lot. But I think mm. with Pogba... Yeah, he gave him he gave him the second captain's role. He tried to make him more of a leader. I suppose in the summer that was a good time to maybe really call a detente there and Mourinho could have made him captain. But I just think that he probably felt somewhat vindictively 
I'm going to look quite weak here if yes. this guy Caving who I am falling out with power. every month. I'm going to be. I'm going to make the captain, but it's it's. Yeah, no out. player is bigger than the club. No, exactly, and it's it's and in fairness, it's worked out pretty terribly with Valencia as captain, who's just objectively the worst captain in United's history. Yeah. But we shall see how that ends up. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess well, another point though, but a player who has come on leaps and bounds, Rashford under Solskjaer looks composed, he looks clinically exciting again up front, yeah. sort of rediscovered his form, particularly um, in the build up to the first goal, that bit on the skill on the right wing to beat Ake. Um, do you think he has a, a role on the right right wing or do you still think he should be a centre forward for United? I think what I noticed a lot yesterday was the fluidity between the front three, none of them were fixed in their right, left, centre forward roles and they all kept switching and I think that's what's going to be important because if you look on paper they all want to play Sanchez and Marshall both want to play on the left apparently Rashford wants to play through the middle Lukaku wants to play through the middle but who wants to play on the right and I think it's working with all three of them switching over because he played a lot through the middle yesterday but when he set Pogba up he was down on the right hand side so I think we've said it a million one times before. Everyone's probably make bored of saying two. it before. Yeah. A million and two times. If he wants to make that right wing role his own, he can because there's no specialist right winger in the team. But with the three of them interchanging how they can do, I don't think there's any reason to give them those solid set roles at the minute. No, exactly. And I think I think for maybe the first time, Phil Neville's Mbappe comparison actually was legitimate yesterday mm-hmm. with that, that piece of play yeah. for, for the first goal um, as, as you said Charlotte I think the, the big problem under Mourinho was that they were too fixed they were too rigid it was encouraging that the first and the third goal came from players moving across the front mm-hmm. line into positions that they're not starting in and creating a goal from it uh, I mean for the time being I still think Rashford's got to be that that focal point. In fairness, I think he's he was having a good month before Solskjaer came in. He was good at Southampton. He came on and was probably the best player at Valencia. He's all right against Arsenal. Um, I, I assume Pogba will probably win Player of the Month with the Twitterati because <laughs> it's Twitter poll. But I, I think Rashford should should win it. But it there was still a marked difference, even though Lukaku came on and scored that. They're just so much more free-flowing without Lukaku. And it was interesting that Solskjaer said after the game how, you know, he can't have his back to goal. He's, he's got to be more side-on, so he's going to be more mobile, possibly, because they need that. I think if anyone's going to benefit from this whole new fluid approach, uh, who hasn't played so far, it would be Sanchez. Yeah, I think he, he he suddenly looks like a a pretty seamless fit, whether it be on the left or the right. You play Whereas Lukaku, that's the difference between the Lukaku's two of them. You can't see Lukaku fitting in that attacking lineup, no. but Sanchez, you could, and you can see in, in any three of them roles because we spoke about it in the last podcast where he can play on the left, he can play through the middle, he can play on the right, which can be said of the other three that started yesterday. Lukaku, you just can't. can't can't see how he's going to fit in. No, he's missing. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be an impact sub, really, from from what we've seen so far. And he did have the impact. He's got a great guy to, to learn off. In yeah, that exactly. As well. And I guess it's the, the the test is for Solskjaer. Yes, you've got the players who are starting and featuring these games really happy, but it's to keep those other players on the fringes of the squad to keep them all involved and to keep them happy because the car could be furious that he's not not starting games. Yes, he came off the bench and scored. It was a well taken goal. He's probably offside. Yeah, I think it, probably it, he was. Definitely was. <laughs> it's. I mean, he's he's coming back in 
a, a decent time. I mean, he, he missed the Solskjaer's first first two games, uh, of course. You'd imagine that if Rashford's fit, Lukaku would be on the bench against Newcastle again, and then he will start against Reading on Saturday because Rashford does need a rest. Yeah. Um, but it, it's an interesting point, as you say, about the, the squad selections because nobody cared a jot that Dallow and, and Fred weren't in the squad. And I think when it, it, the first... Yeah, his first team news dropped at Cardiff. There was immediate anger at the fact that by Dallow, Fred, the usual Twitter favourites um, with that particular demographic weren't in the team. Uh, but he's he's handled it well. I mean, I think it, it reflected pretty badly on Fred that at a time when everyone has suddenly started performing, uh, he's that, he, yeah, down. that he yeah that he he still didn't manage to perform against Huddersfield on Boxing Day. Uh, Young's been pretty good I think for upwards of a year so Dallow is always going to be eased in he's had his injury problems as well but rotation is going to be key at this at this period I know it's about to die down at the end of the week because then they've got eight days between the the cup game and, and the Tottenham the Tottenham match on the 13th but I, th- I think Charlotte's planning the piece herself it's just that Solskjaer has limited the number of changes he's made in those first yeah. three games and I think we're now at a point where it's pretty easy to say who United's strongest eleven is as well. Yeah, That's got to help with confidence as well. Yeah. So I wrote a piece a month or so ago before the Arsenal game. Mourinho had made forty six changes, and most, and the most of any manager in the league. And you just think, how is any player supposed to gain any momentum or get into any description of form if they're going to be hooked, regardless of? they have just a slightly dodgy game so I think it'll be interesting to see if he does stick with the team that we think he's going to stick with how they can then form those relationships and build as a team rather than as just a squad full of players who any of you could be starting each week yeah I think it as well improves the sort of competition within the place as well you know you've got to earn a place you're not just going to get one because someone else has had a bad Best game up, yeah. you've got to really fight to have it and it should get that, that hunger back really um, you mentioned before Samuel and Charlotte you were there yesterday as well the, the sort of atmosphere around the ground has changed completely the fact there is so much positivity so much excitement in the tunnel as well the players must have this newfound confidence going out onto the pitch and it's showing immediately because they're scoring so early on in these games yeah I don't think confidence can ever be underestimated especially when you look at the forwards um, but you're right the mood amongst the fans was a lot happier was walking out the ground yesterday and everyone was like oh it's so great to see some positive football mm. and that's was just the the vibe from everyone really and everyone's like oh this is united again that sort of thing and I suppose that's all the fans have been after when everyone was criticising Mourinho for the bad results it wasn't just the bad results it was the performances that went with the results as well and so much has changed in two weeks but you just can't help but feel that something bad's going to happen around the corner not the to pessim- be pessimistic negative Nancy is back I'm she's back. been missing for two weeks but she's off for Christmas back. break I am back for the New Last Year appearance. special <laughs> so, yeah Samuel I mean it's always been traditional it used to be the sort of cliche didn't it? United had games won in the tunnel and used to walk out onto the pitch but you do sort of sense that's coming back in a sense against maybe the, the lower teams in the league and it's going to be interesting as you said in that Spurs game to see just how far they've come but it is a real real advantage to have that positivity and that unity again at United particularly given their fixture run I think going into early March between now and then the only top six games they have are Spurs away on the 13th and Liverpool at home which is late February I think so you're, stu- you're suddenly looking at the, the the run of games they've got coming up thinking that 
they really ought to be disappointed if they're not pushing for top four, which at the time of Solskjaer's appointment, you thought, okay, it probably isn't going to happen. We'll see how this goes. But they are dispatching teams with such ease now that uh, you do expect them to, to win um, against certain, certain teams very easily. January looks... Tottenham aside, a bit of a doddle at the risk of saying that, um, and, and tempting fate. I suppose the only, you know, the, the only thing that did annoy Solskjaer yesterday was that they are still absolutely useless at set pieces, which has been a theme all season. So it's, I guess, it's kind of reassuring that all the while United are performing well, they're still performing so badly defensively that Ed Woodward can't get complacent next month and decide that they they don't need a defender because they do need one and Mourinho was right about that as he was right about um, needing you know needing a different option up front although that's been offset by just how well United have been playing recently Uh, so it's 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 obviously tricky the situation as well I think with with I thought Bay actually did well until his his red card but you've got Phil Jones going back in there now um with Lindelof and given his contract situation where he's technically coming into the last six months but they've got that extension uh, option in his deal they're they're at risk of giving him a new contract <laughs> and so you're at risk of going into next season with possibly having a back four of Valencia, Smalling, Jones and Young to pick from. And while some of those players I do think deserve to stay, um, for appearances sake, there's got to be an element of ruthlessness there. Not just the players going back to Ferguson's uh, time, but Darmian, uh, Rojo. It was pretty tragicomic of the programme to herald Rojo's (laughs) return yesterday, even though he's still injured. Um, they can't be lulled into any full sense of security here uh, regardless of whether Solskjaer manager next season or not there, is, there are players that still need shipping out um, but sometimes the stars align and Jones has had a couple of decent bursts of form under Mourinho and this could be another one and at which point you know United's been quite generous with their contracts at times certainly for fringe players I mean Rojo's the, the relevant example of that but there still needs to be that ruthlessness that was absent in the summer absolutely is essential uh, in the next summer coming up. Yeah, looking ahead to the rest of the season now, Charlotte, uh, as we said, United getting closest to the top four, still a long way to go. And as I said, still need to beat the teams above them to have any chance of doing that. But do you think the ambition amongst United fans now is to finish in the top four this season? Or do you think they are still staying maybe a bit calm and not getting too carried away? I don't think anyone will get too carried away because... As everyone's quick to point out, the three results have come against teams that they would should have been expected to beat. But it's interesting to see that the teams above them, like Arsenal, they looked dreadful against Liverpool. And yeah. as much as at the start of the season, you couldn't see Chelsea or Arsenal or anyone like that slipping up, as much as United have improved, then I don't know, there's points to be lost there from from them so maybe they they can sneak in I still think it'd be a push to be honest because I do think there are four better teams in the league than United so I think it's keep saying this it's going to be the other teams messing up rather than United being exceptional to get into the yeah, the top four. Yeah. Uh, Sam, you mentioned earlier that the Newcastle game now on Wednesday night do you think that's the toughest game Social will have had in his four games spell in charge I think coming into it you probably would have said maybe Bournemouth but they got hammered by Spurs their confidence has gone I'd have have probably like Cardiff felt like a bit of an old cup tie Mm -hmm. you know the cliche banana like last time they went to Cardiff as well and and lost 2-1 
Is that <laughs> is it Keeson? Le- no, Swansea. They Swansea. lost. A, they lost a few. Uh, ta- yeah. They lost a couple of times at Swansea. I think. Um, Did they, they, at Cardiff? He, he drew, drew. Drew very very all. poorly. Yeah. yeah, I think. Um, but it was the glory days. I can't remember the the, the, the Cardiff players name now and got the equaliser but yeah they, they, they didn't win there um, I suppose it is I mean depending on when what time this this uh, podcast goes out Solskjaer does allude to his own experiences at um, at St James's Park as a player in, in the embargo section he gave to us at the press conference because he he started in the 5-0 defeat there uh, I think he he played in the 3-0 loss as well um, I, th- I think he had a, quite a modest goals record against Newcastle so that probably is why he doesn't have particularly fond memories of it uh, but it's still it's still a game going into it where you 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 just expect United to win. That's that's been the big thing. Socio said this as well. It's just the shift in mentality. Um, it, it has changed so drastically. I think Mourinho's background from being at Porto and what he did with Inter uh, and even Chelsea to a lesser extent, he, he's always felt more comfortable as an underdog. And there were times when he was depicting United as an underdog. Sometimes. Um, you know, it, it was just demeaning, like you know, changing to a back three at West Ham, changing to a yeah. back three at Southampton, just pointless changes that predictably backfired. Other times, you know, it, they should, they weren't underdogs against Ajax, but he gave them that impression yeah. and allowed Ajax to have all the possession, but nobody cared because they won the Europa League. Whereas with Solskjaer, it's you know. He, he's as as they told us, like steeped in United lore, and I think it's it's easy to be disparaging about that cachet, but at the same time, it has clearly helped him so far. So, I mean, I don't really see. I don't. I've I've gone from about two weeks ago being worried about United going to Southampton mm. to being extremely confident of them winning at Newcastle, which is probably one of the biggest compliments you can you can give Solskjaer. Just that. That shift in mentality the, and belief, the, the yeah. stamp of approval. Not, 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 not my personal compliment, but just just the general mood change. Certainly not my personal compliment. Would never dream of that. Yeah. And Charlotte, another game this week as well. Got the FA Cup on Saturday. That mm. game looked like a horror show when it was first drawn, but now it's quite exciting because you know Solskjaer's in charge. It's at home, and Hopefully. some the, some youngsters could get a chance. They've had yeah. a chance. We've seen Garner and Gomez involved with travelling squads at least, and Rochelle and Williams has trained as well. And so is DJ. I can't see him going as full on as I think some Garner, fans, yeah. Roshan Williams, I think Angel some Gomez. Fans think I think like I, would fear, I would fear if that team sheet drops at lunchtime on Saturday. Well, particularly since he was part of that team that drew 0-0 at non-league Burton in, in 2006 yeah. when it was like Richie Jones, PK, Phil Barsley played. Rossi mm. played, PK played. And I think that Burton had two cleared off the line in the yeah. first half. Mm. So it, it will be a mix. You'd, you'd like to think, I think there's a good chance someone like Greenwood would come into the squad. Into the squad, I'd say, the not bench, necessarily one, into, but... the, into the start. But because the likes of Andreas Pereira, Fred, Delo, Lukaku, they've not been starting games. So I think you'd see a lot of changes, yeah. but not necessarily to bring in kids more like squad players who haven't been Darmian McTominay I know that scares me as well though, mouth watering isn't it <laughs> yeah it's great I can't wait okay, I, think <laughs> I think I'd rather Greenwood and Gomez out. yeah I think we've talked everyone out of watching yeah I think now, that we've, there'll be more empty seats there now after yeah. this it, it is a pretty <laughs> underwhelming ticket office will be onto your it's not my job to sell tickets true, for United very to true. make top quality podcasts which we'll learn to do one day who knows when but <laughs> we shall see but yeah I guess the final point Samuel 
will. Fans are always going to, as you said before, hopefully the way that United can see the goals will mean that Woodward does act in the January transfer window and still backs up Solskjaer uh, with a new centre-back signing. Uh, how involved do you think Solskjaer will be with the recruitment in January? Or do you think it's going to be? He's, he said he will have input, um, but I was told yesterday that he's received uh, some some advice from a figure who you can possibly guess gave the advice that the best policy when it comes to press conferences is lying. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's a bit... I think Solskjaer's too, too kind to be... Yeah. You know th- that compulsive a liar. Um, it, it, I think with January, whatever happens, it, whether they sign someone, if they don't sign someone, it's it's not going to be a surprise. Just the way the club operate, that does need yeah. to change. I think it. You know, Mourinho was very demanding and didn't get very far um, in the end, but. I mean, just going back to the summer, the fact that Liverpool was spending left, right, and centre, you'd think that would stimulate, you know, that would jolt yeah. United to go out there just to avoid the apocalyptic scenario of Liverpool winning the league in May. Um, you got your holiday booked for the last few weeks. I genuinely have. Well, I, th- I think uh, I think it was I think one United fan like tweeted a screen grab of um, flights to Outer Mongolia <laughs> on the twelfth of May. So th- it might be a packed flight for Manchester <laughs> if there is one, or there'll, there'll be a plane chart. So, but but from United's own perspective, they've got Mbappe and, and Neymar arriving in in February. And although Lindelof did actually very well against Ronaldo and United beat Juventus, they are and they are going to need reinforcement there. Um, I just think that it's you know Solskjaer has found, found you know it's, it's been a utopia of sorts, but it doesn't apply to the defence. And he said they have their list of targets, which. I mean, the summer, I think that was partly what caused the split between the club and Mourinho. They, the scouts drew up a list of possible uh, centre-backs. Mourinho decided he wanted to stick with centre-backs he liked. Harry Maguire, the interest there, was sprung up by the World Cup, which I thought was really alarming mm. because if you're starting to go off how a player's done at the World Cup or a major tournament, that that's just not the... It's just not the done thing. It's, it's an like easy a fan level order. of, yeah, is, of yeah. transfer, and activity. it's not worked well before. No, she tells no, you it's Pabors, not. Borski, Cruyff, Ferguson, learning his lesson from mm. that. Yeah, Cleberson to a lesser extent because he was signed the year after the World Cup. Um, and Mourinho had certain players he wanted. The transfer scout Javier Rabauta disagreed with some of the players that were drawn up on the list, and I think that's probably what contributed partly to him leaving as well. So. I mean, really, they should have they should have done their utmost to get a director of football in 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 time for January. I don't believe this excuse that Mourinho was holding them back and they were respecting his structure no. and blah blah blah. I mean, they, they just needed one in. I know Mourinho didn't hasn't liked traditionally working with direct directors of football or whatever you want to call them, um, but they do need someone to oversee that role. Uh, and it, then it doesn't look like they're going to be in place until, well, I mean, the way you, the, the, from the cut of United's year, but even suggests that it might be the summertime. So, you know, it could be the summer at the, at the very latest that one comes in. And it, it's interesting with what Solskjaer's saying about how, you know, he's going to speak with Ferguson. I mean, if, if Ferguson's starting to inform transfer strategy you know you really I'm not I'm not I'm not saying what he what his advice would be would be incorrect at all but my goodness you that that really is that's going back to 
square one there it's, it's it feels like they've gone you know the the idealism of a, a point in Moyes looking at that long-term strategy yeah. trying to get someone in the man in Ferguson's image they've gone back to that but whether it happens or not remains to be seen watch this space we yeah. can see Charlotte finally two games this week do you expect two more wins from Solskjaer's revival or yeah I can't see why not the confidence is back negative Nancy's gone yeah. will she be making a return in 2019 probably we'll see what happens we'll see how the performances go how bad the back four are Oh, that's a great way to end the yeah. podcast isn't it? <laughs> on a backhanded compliment there to United they have been good but yeah there's still a lot of work to do uh, thank you very much for joining us both today yeah, thank, thank you. you enjoy your trip to Newcastle Samuel I'm sure you'll yeah, thoroughly enjoy that my, one minus one at kickoff going into <laughs> minus three I think during the game but it's You've got uh, a blanket ready uh well, James Robson, uh, formerly of this parish, um, <laughs> I, I hope he brings his heater and I'm, I hope I'm sat next heater? to him. Heater? It's case. not a fire risk. No, no, apparently not. Apparently... Uh, J-Man does what he, he wants. Health yeah. and safety takes a back seat no, to Olympics. Clearly. But he didn't need it at Cardiff. He took it to Cardiff, but he didn't need it. Well, let's hope the football on the pitch is just as good as it was warms, in Cardiff for you anyway. Up, yes. Keeps you travelling anyway. Happy New Year to and you all. Happy New Year. And thank you very much for joining us at the MEN throughout the year. Please do join us again. Make it your New Year's resolution to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and please do leave us a review and join us next time on the Manchester is Red podcast.